0: So the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus describes two defining experiences in Israel's history. The first is God delivering the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, what's known as the Exodus. And the second is the revelation of God's law at Mount Sinai to make the Israelites a community bound in relationship with their liberating God and with one another. So the first 18 chapters of the book of Exodus are about Israel's deliverance from bondage in Egypt, and then chapters 19 to 40 are about their time at Mount Sinai where the covenant with God was made and the laws governing their life together were given and shared. And at the center of these two incredibly important experiences is Moses who's both the prophetic interpreter and instrument of God's deliverance as well as the mediator of the covenant between God and the people. So it's not an understatement to say that Moses is clearly one of the most important people we meet in the pages of the Bible, and he lays the spiritual foundation on which later generations built. And in Exodus chapter 3, in verses 1 through 15, it describes God's call of Moses to serve God and to serve God's people. Listen to the story. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why this bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites." The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am. Who I am. He said further, thus ye shall say to the Israelites, I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus ye shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. This is God's word for us for today. One of the things, I'm going off script for you guys back there, one of the things that my sons always say to me is whatever I preach on happens to us in that particular week. So they've always told me, sometimes you've got to preach on winning Powerball because then you're going to be set for life. <laughs> and so sharing today about being open to the unexpected means that we dealt with a bunch of unexpected this week, especially yesterday. And... I won't tell you about it now, but just to say, it happens. The unexpected happens. And it's tough to say you should expect the unexpected, because it wouldn't be unexpected if you expected it. But still you should, because it always happens. So Moses' encounter with the Lord at the burning bush, I'm back on script, teaches us the importance of being open to the unexpected. Now how open are you, would you say, you don't have to, you know, gray it out loud here, but How open are you to the unexpected? Are you a planner? And This is not a value judgment in either way. Are you a planner who likes to have things set in advance and even preferably more well in advance? Or are you someone who's a little more spontaneous and enjoys just the freedom of deciding things in the moment? Because regardless of your personal preference or where you fall on that scale of, I want everything planned six months in advance to, hey, what do you want to do in the next 10 minutes? Wherever you fall on that, what we see in the Bible is most of the time the appearance of God or God's messenger or God's spirit is unexpected. People are usually going about their life and work, doing what they do. They're taking care of the sheep like Moses. They're out fishing like James and John, cleaning up their nets. and Then a spirit-led encounter takes place unexpectedly. And everything changes. And part of having a vital spiritual life is understanding and recognizing God may show up in your life at any moment, often when you least expect it. Anywhere. Anytime. And part of what this does is It infuses your life every day with a sense of holy expectancy because you never know if your next encounter is actually going to be a divine encounter. So the first thing I want to say to you, be open to the unexpected. Be open to being surprised by God anytime, anywhere. And this story with Moses is a classic example, right? It reflects a mixture of the ordinary and the extraordinary. Moses is at work. He's shepherding his father-in-law Jethro's sheep as he usually does. And on his own initiative, undoubtedly in search of fresh pasture for the sheep and maybe a change of scenery. He arrives at Mount Horeb in the wilderness between Egypt and the cultivated land Palestine and he notices this common desert thorny scrub bush and it's on fire but it's not being consumed he decides to take a closer look however we're told Horub, this is the mountain of God this is holy ground this is no ordinary burning bush this one's not being consumed and so that's what causes Moses to turn aside and suddenly he finds himself unexpectedly I mean a, a thorn bush Who expects to find God in a thorn bush? And he finds himself encountered by God and all of his life and human history are changed as a result. Now some of us have places we like to go to experience the power and the presence of God. It can be a worship service in a sanctuary. It can be a room where we live or a place we've set up in our our home. It can be a place we walk in the woods or out in the beach in nature. It might be in a garden. However, holy ground isn't just where we think it is. It isn't just one particular place. Sometimes when and where we least expect it, in places we don't anticipate, God may come to us when we don't have any plans to meet God. When you come to worship on Sunday morning, when you tune in to watch, hopefully you come with some level of expectation, you know, You never know what can happen in worship. I might hear God speak. I might sense God's spirit as we worship together as a community, right? When you come here, I hope you have at least a slightly elevated sense that something might happen. You don't necessarily feel that when you go to the grocery store. But it could happen. It could happen. So you got to keep your eyes open for God in the ordinary and the unexpected because you never know what you might see or hear. So here's Moses, wandering around out in the wilderness, minding the sheep, minding his own business. And I was like, wow, what's that? Just like in the Gospel of Luke, right? The shepherds are out taking care of the sheep. Whoa, what's that? Moses, just like the shepherds in Luke 2, just like the disciples who are called by Jesus to follow him, just like you, is called to an adventure. And Moses' particular adventure is to leave the sheep, to leave his good wife, Zipporah, and to go to the most powerful person in his known world to tell him to let his cheapest labor leave for nothing to go to a new land and a new life. That's all doesn't seem too hard. So Moses' old life is a shepherd's ending and his new life is God's deliverer's beginning, all because he was open to encountering God in an unexpected place. The second thing I want to share with you is a little about the God who shows up unexpectedly to Moses. Because the God we worship is a God who delivers. After our church softball game on Friday night, which we won, um, Frank to Stefano, who's our wonderful coach, he had ordered pizza for the team, and he went over and he got it, and he actually drove it in his car onto the field back for us. So, we, and I looked at him as he brought the pizza in his vehicle. I said, "You know, this is perfect because we worship a God who delivers, and look at this." So, but God delivers people from bondage and from affliction, and we just did a series on what God is like, and Joe preached a whole sermon about God who delivers, and we see the echoes of this, and. Exodus chapter 3 which tells us God heard the cries of the people. God remembered the covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and God saw the people of Israel and God knew their condition and God promises to bring the people of Israel out of affliction in Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey which is why I always have milk and honey in my tea. It just feels so biblical. So God heard, God remembered, God saw, God knew, God promises. I mean, God is aware of what's going on and God acts. And when you read in the beginning of the book of Exodus, you quickly discover, I mean, the Israelites are living under a great deal of strain and pressure. They worked long hours at exhausting manual labor in a hot environment for very little pay. And when the king of Egypt dies, the Israelites are hoping the new king would be less harsh, you know, no new massive building programs, but it doesn't happen, and they're disappointed, and they cry out to the Lord, and God heard their cries. God remembered the covenant made with Abraham that through him a great nation would be born, and all the peoples on the earth would be blessed. And if the Israelites died in Egypt, the covenant and God's promises would fail, And we know from early in the Bible, there are principalities, powers, and even people who actively work to defy God and to oppose God's will. We certainly will see that with Pharaoh if you read in Exodus. However, God doesn't stand idly by. God sees and God knows what's taking place. And God promises to do something, to bring about a better future. And that's where Moses' story, to me, really gets interesting. Because the burning bush is not just God pulling off some pyrotechnic stunk to get Moses' attention, it leads to the third thing, which is God has something for Moses to do. And Moses' mission, should he choose to accept it, is to bring the people back to this very same mountain to worship the God who hears their cries, sees their suffering, and sends a messenger to deliver them so they can hear how they're supposed to live in relationship with God and with each other. And I think God is still in the habit of encountering people in the ordinary and unexpected places of life and encouraging you to a response of obedience within God's plan. God has something for you to do. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what stage you're at in life. I really believe God always has something for us to do. And this story in Exodus 3 is this classical biblical story in which God's act of revelation is joined with a call to commitment because the God who delivers, guess what? Works through people to accomplish what needs to be done. Well, let's look at Moses for a few minutes because he's such a significant figure. When I say the name Moses... What's the first picture or image that comes to your mind? If you're my age or older, exactly as I heard, it's Charlton Heston, right? Yeah, Charlton Heston, strong, forceful, commanding presence, that's Moses. For some people who are younger than me, and maybe the 1998 animated film, Prince of Egypt, right? Still pretty, you know, there we go. So the picture, <laughs> we get of Moses in the Bible is a little different than the bold, powerful, forceful Moses of the movies. And there's a tendency to take individuals like Moses in the Bible and we turn them into these like superhuman figures when in fact they're much more like us. Rather than being bold and courageous, Moses is afraid, feels totally inadequate to do what God wants him to do, is afraid what other people are going to think of him, and wonders whether God's plan will even work. That's what the Bible says about Moses. He thinks there's nothing in his life that has prepared him for what he's now supposed to do. And at one time or another, I would bet many of you have felt the same way. And given the magnitude and the importance of what Moses is being asked to do, Moses, frankly, would rather not have the job. One of my favorite American authors is the 19th century author Herman Melville, and he wrote numerous short stories, and one is called Bartleby the Scrivener. I don't know if any of you have ever read that, but in the days before computers and copying machines, a scrivener spent all his time, all day, copying documents by hand and it was tedious boring soul-sapping work all day long just copying and bartleby hits a breaking point and he can't take it anymore and his his boss tells him to do something and he simply replies i would prefer not to and this is not received well and you know but how would you would you like to say that to your boss sometime you know your boss says hey i need you to go do x and you go you know i'd i'd prefer not to Well, just like at many other places of employment, Bartleby is not employed for long. It doesn't go over well. And soon he's out on the job, out on the street, and he still just keeps saying, I I would prefer not to. Well, perhaps you've dreamed and You've had an aspiration that God would knock on your door or appear to you in a burning bush in your yard and say, You know what? There's serious work to be done for the kingdom of God, and you are just the person I have in mind for the job. So come on, I'll tell you about it on the way. Let's go! Or maybe your life seems so busy and full, even and maybe even especially if you're retired, and you just assume not have God approach you with some monumental task to help the Lord's work of delivering people from sin and oppression, Moses certainly falls in the latter category. God says, I've heard, I've seen, I've got something, something's got to be done. Go get him, Moses. And Moses' response is not, lead me, Lord. It's not, all the way, I'm going to follow you. It's not, I'm in the Lord's army. It's more, I would prefer not to. It was actually, who? I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Now, you notice God doesn't respond to Moses' objection by stating Moses' credentials for the task. You know, God doesn't say, but Moses, you're so talented. You're so brilliant. You know, you're so, such a courageous leader. You have a PhD in crisis management you know, with a minor in tactical maneuvers with large groups of unruly, disobedient people. God says nothing about Moses' worthiness. He says nothing about his qualifications. All God said is, I will be with you. And that's supposed to be enough. I will be with you. Is the fact that God assures Moses of divine companionship enough? Ask yourself if it would be enough for you. Moses is still very non-committal, And he wonders out loud, if I come, doesn't that sound forceful and Charlton heston If I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name, what shall I say to them? And God, maybe starting to get a a tad restless with Moses' lack of enthusiasm, says, basically, I am. Like, that should be enough. Just, I am who I am. And that's still not enough. And if you were to read all the way through Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4, what you see is Moses just... (laughs) He keeps piling up the excuses like a kid building something with Legos. I mean, there's just one after another after another about why he can't do what God wants him to do. People won't believe me. I don't have any authority. I've never been eloquent or a good speaker until finally out of excuses he says, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. You know? Rather than being some lofty figure we can't identify with, Moses ends up, sounding very human. Who am I to do this job? Who are you to ask me to do it? What if people don't believe me? I'm not gifted enough. Please excuse me. I'd prefer not to. Here I am. Send Aaron. So you may be wondering, what does this have to do with you today? Well maybe God hasn't called you to end the conflict in the Middle East. God may not be showing up in your backyard saying I got a great job for you to do in North Korea. Let's go. God may not be asking you to solve some global crisis. However, the God who shows up unexpectedly and delivers those who are oppressed or suffering wants to be in relationship with you and has expectations for that relationship and your relationship with others. And those are given in Exodus 20 in the 10 Commandments that we heard earlier. And while you may not be called to a task as monumental as that of Moses, There are still jobs to be done in our own time. There are needs to be met, challenges to be overcome, lives to be touched, and God wants you to be a part of God's hope and deliverance in our world. You know, sometimes it can be intimidating to think that Almighty God is at work in the world every day and that God wants to work through you. And listen to this, if you don't respond Than the things that only you can do on any given day, those encounters you have just in the routine of your day that are unique to you, you're there, I'm not there, you know. If you don't do it, those things won't happen. They won't take place because every person is unique, and God works uniquely through each person, and God reaches the world through God's Spirit moving in the lives of people. So you can be thankful that the tasks you're being called to are definitely smaller than the job God had for Moses, but you need to be faithful in whatever task God is giving you this day and this season of your life. Well, with God's help, we know the end of the story, just as God promised, Moses delivers the people out of Egypt, not without some challenges and difficulties, and brings them to God's mountain, and the Lord shares the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments describing how people are to properly relate to God, no other gods before me, no idols, use my name correctly, take a rest every week, and remember who I am And then the next six commandments are all about how to have healthy human relationships. Honor your parents. No murdering. No stealing. No adultery. No bearing false witness. No coveting anyone or anything that belongs to anybody else. Who would like to live in a world like that? Sign me up. That's kind of the idea. Well, God promises to be with us as we seek to do God's will, what God wants and needs to be done. So I just want to encourage you today, be open to encountering God in the unexpected and ordinary places, even at work, like Moses did. Because you never know when you might encounter a messenger of God or when you may be God's messenger for someone else. May the God who hears, sees, and knows... Be present to you, whatever you're facing this day. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of your presence, the gift of your spirit, the gift of your word, and the gift of your son. And we pray today that you would help us to have open minds and spirits and hearts and to look for and to recognize the importance of being open to the unexpected. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear how you are present in our life this day and in this coming week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.